pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. We're just as hungry as you guys. Hello, KBs. Welcome back for another occasion for being edified, celebrated, and encouraged all in one place where you are championed. I am so glad to have you back with us today. SteveMcCanyon.com is the website. <laughs> Miss Maggie, greetings, my bestie. I'm hungry, too. No, that's not the kind of hunger I'm talking about. Oh, I am always spiritually and physically hungry. Where are the no-bake cookies? You ate all of them. I didn't eat all of them. You actually did, though. No. <laughs> True story. <laughs> that was my lower nature, and I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't, I You're know. like, I just want to apologize I to everyone so right off the bat. Please forgive me. They're <laughs> so good. Oh, my gosh. It's your favorite. They call them preacher cookies. Did you know that? I I did know that. Yes, because it was the when you saw the preacher coming down the dirt road to visit you unexpectedly, it was the one thing that you could whip together. And, and you knew they were going to like it. <laughs> and you knew <laughs> you'd be a, even a preacher on good t- eat, good terms with the reverend. Eat those cookies. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you, it was a challenge though at this altitude, wasn't it? <laughs> They were a little sticky at first, but it didn't matter. You know, <laughs> what's a sticky cookie? <laughs> Everyone matter. tunes in next week, and you're like, "I'm a pastor now. I'm in it for the cookies." Yeah. Open your recipe books. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. They're, oh they're man, the the weekend is is approaching again, Steve. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to do about it, but paint, paint. I'm ready. Paint like there is no tomorrow. I'm ready. I've actually ordered some very large tubes of paint, so I'm equipped for the weekend. Cool. You know, I just finished, I was just did another podcast as a guest, and, and one thing that we kind of got caught, caught up in a conversation of, which I'm, I still want to continue, I, found, I find intriguing, mm-hmm. is uh, identity. Identity. Who, who do you identify as? And what a topic. We didn't have enough time um, on this, this other, other show to really, and I don't think we will on this one either, and probably not not on the next one either. But <laughs> it's an <laughs> eternal pursuit. It is a forever thing. <laughs> but it, identity, because when you think about that, what do you identify with? Who do you identify with? And it's often put to us. For example, when if you do attend a master class for you know, think and grow rich or becoming something, or you're going to school to become a a doctor, an engineer, whatever. Mm. You begin identifying with that character, right? Absolutely. So, which is a fascinating thing, because when you realize the the mental constructs that are being portrayed in, in the pursuit of identifying with something. For example, you can imagine to be, um, a milk farmer, <laughs> but you really are just you. <laughs> a milk you, I, farmer. Well, sure, uh, you could identify to be a pool shark. You know, somebody that plays pool. Okay. Um, like Minnesota Fats, a celebrity pool player from way back when. You identify with being the professional pool player or the professional milk farmer, the professional. <laughs> What? You keep laughing at me. <laughs> because I'm imagining, you know, yeah. harvesting milk out in the fields. But you get the you hey, get almond the hat. milk. Almond milk. Right. You get the hat. You get the apron. Yes. You got the, the muck boots on mm-hmm. and, and all the stuff that goes with that. Yeah. And you wear the name tag says milk farmer. 
You know, it's funny. We were watching a Hallmark movie not that long ago. And remember the character and he was a painter. And so he just walked around all day covered in paint. Like he would go out to nice restaurants. (laughs) But they wanted us to know that he was a painter. So he had this big swath of paint on his forehead. It was like a badge of honor, and you could just tell. He'd take his thumb, and he would wipe it across his forehead, and he would walk into a, a shop, and they go, you must be a painter. they go, you got something on your forehead, and go, oh, I'm a painter. <laughs> That's who I am. But there's some issues. There's some, some real serious issues that begin issues. To, to come up to arise when, when yeah. this is your way of life. And it, the reason this is so important, I think, for us to, to continue to unpack is because we solve a lot of problems by becoming um, aware and changing perspective and being yes. able to observe how we do life, especially when it comes to what we identify with. That is so true that awareness solves so many problems. I remember before even being aware of of identification and kinetic belief affecting you. You know, I'm going around goodness gracious, watching horror movies and, and talking about God knows what. And and I just remember, I mean, it's almost funny when you finally become aware of what you're doing to yourself. You're wrecking your life is what you're doing. Because, <laughs> you know, so so here's here's a good place to start. If you like to paint like you do, or the guy that was, what was a Hallmark or something? Yes, yes. If you like to, if you like to paint, rather than seeing yourself as a painter, See yourself as someone that enjoys observing the experience of painting. As an observer of that thing, you are an observer of what it means to be a milk farmer. And Can we move on <laughs> from farming I'm, milk? I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, obviously, I I'm stirring up my curiosity because I'm interested. Oh my gosh. Maybe, maybe I want the experience. How much is a cow right. anyway? You know, it is funny. You just mentioned experiences. And what you're describing is such a cool way to live. You know, as a kinetic believer, it's so much fun because if we're not identifying with all these things, we're actually just observing them. It, it allows us to do more. It allows you to be the painter. It allows you to be the musician. Ah, the the you know, there's so much more you get to experience when you're not gripped by this one, you know, out, outfit based idea. Could it be that you're onto something? Because <laughs> now if you're not the milk farmer, you, you can't lose at farm at milking cows or or when you simply observe there is no <laughs> sense of winning or losing. I, I haven't seen that look too often, but I enjoy it. I think it. you saw it yesterday when we wouldn't stop talking about pudding. <laughs> well, there it is. You're, you're a pudding farmer. So anyway, but you can imagine you can imagine that you are a, a doctor and, and you are um, whatever it is. But as an observer of these things, you begin to take on a new sense of, of perspective at, regarding who you really are. All of us. The doctors and the farmers and the, the practitioners of any kind, all of us, painters, whatever your your skill is, we really are all the same in that we are all manifested from, from the uh, architect of love and light and joy and happiness and wealth and health and peace. Those are the that's the the essence of who all of us are. And that's why it becomes so Vitally important to your success, regardless of your pursuits in this life, in this world, that you begin from that platform 
And even if you have the experiences of a surgeon, regardless of a lifetime of that, you still are love, light, joy, happiness, wealth, health, and peace, and made from the substance of those things. I have to say, for for me personally, this topic is so important because I think different things that we maybe have identified with in the past can be so much more overwhelming and even suffocating than others. And so, for example, if you have trained to do something and to be something and practiced in it for most of your life, I think you can be overwhelmed by that much easier than just maybe a new notion. For example, excuse me, for example, growing up, learning the violin, playing the violin, playing in symphony, having recitals and lessons, every life was all consumed with music. And it was there were many wonderful parts to that. But I have to say, once I realized that there was more to me than than that, it was quite an epiphany. You are not your experiences. That's what it comes down to. As a violinist, you're not a violinist. It's an experience that you're having. It's an experience that love, light, joy, happiness, health, wealth, and peace is having. As a violinist, you're experiencing, you're observing the experience of that. You're Mm -hmm. not that. You You may imagine to be some of these things, but here's the issue I think that we want to get to, is that when you identify with feelings, with activities, with the world as it goes by, if you identify with the egoist thoughts that are rifling through your mind, saying, here, follow me over here. There's something wrong. This is who you are. Don't you remember what they said about you? That's who you are. Identifying with all of these mental constructs. Here's the issue. If you have a sense of being depressed, then you say, I'm depressed. And the problem with that is, as identifying with someone that's depressed, you're going to manifest that. That's what you're going to attract in your life. You attract what you identify with. If If you say, I'm angry, I'm worried, I'm doubtful, I'm mad, I'm sick, I'm fearful, any of those things that you really are not. You might be experiencing that, and observe, observing that is the place that you want to get to. I want to recognize the uh, physiological, chemical reaction <clears throat> that I'm having that's causing a sense of being depressed. And so I'm going to observe that, and which then separates me from it. And if I'm separated from it, then I'm not that. And now all of a sudden, I'm back in control of who I really am. And that's looking within, mm-hmm. recognizing the, the, higher, uh, uh, the higher being that I really am. This is fascinating because you began by talking about this concept really as it pertains to occupation. So artist, musician, physician. And then you just brought in really mental illness, mental problems, mental uh, status. And, and so I'm wondering, does this idea that you're telling us about today, does this also overlay with just anything you can sort of imagine? Does it overlay with wife, daughter, mother, any role, any any label that we can put, put on ourselves? That's the word, underscore, label. Label. How many times have you heard or have you said, I'm sad? Well, it's nice to meet you, sad. <laughs> What do you mean? That's always a good dad joke. <laughs> Hello, sad. <laughs> Hello, sad. Well, that, that's the reality of it. Because yeah. when you say that, there's a legalistic uh, manifestation. Your words are things. And it's powerfully important to recognize what it is that you're saying. Mm. I'm just sick and tired. Mm. Well, it's nice to meet you, sick and tired. <laughs> 
there is a danger to identifying with anything that is negative because when you do that as attaching yourself to the negative thing, that is the beginning of attracting more of the same into your life. Well, it's like you always tell us, we need to remember that this is a, the law of attraction, the law of kinetic belief. It is a law. It's not a suggestion. It's something that we have, that we are living by, whether we are agreeing or participating or think we are or not. Well, somebody, somebody says, well, who am I then? I hear what you guys are saying, but there's got to be something to me, right? Well, you come, all of us come into the world and we all leave the world in the essence of who we really are before we ever got involved with redefining ourselves. Mm. What you identify with in between the moment you come and the moment you leave is totally up to you. You are beautiful. You're a complex thing, but you were created dynamically to be that. Mm. And then we get in there and we start messing with all these mental constructs and saying, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm really sad. I'm really angry. I'm happy, I'm mad. And you take over using the ego sense of, of being to redefine yourself. And then, gosh darn it, that's what you're going to manifest. That's how the law of attraction works. We were watching this really wild movie last night. And this man had sort of, his ego had gotten the best of him. And he had he had gone off the rails and forgotten who he really was and what was really important in life. And his friends set up this elaborate uh, I guess you could call it a prank, but really it was just this elaborate ruse to make him mm-hmm. think he was going to to die mm-hmm. the day after Christmas, which was like two weeks away. But the, it's just making me think of what you're saying. You know, there are moments of clarity that we don't need to approach death to achieve. That's what being a kinetic believer is all about. Recognize that you have final authority in the life that you're going to experience. It's what you believe that you're adhering to and relying upon mm-hmm. that you're going to manifest into your life. <laughs> The design of all of this, Meg, the cosmos, within the forms that we can see and touch, the empirical forms, it's the life, the life of nature, which is the advancement and the unfoldment, the unfoldment of all of life. And in the process of, of this expression of life, every single human being should have and is meant to have all that they can possibly imagine to be and to receive so that through the pursuits of their own unique genius of purpose, which is the pursuit of your curiosities, delighting in your intellect, that whatever you are curious about, you can then contribute to the power and the elegance and the beauty and the richness of life as an expression of that for all others to edify and encourage and celebrate and enjoy through your pursuit. I have to say, for me, this is always something that I get a little mentally tangled up when I try to separate out the essence of self, my original, my highest self, my genius of purpose from the things that I'm putting my hand to, even from the clothes that I'm wearing, you know, wanting to be seen in a certain way or viewed in a, or feel a certain way. Um, and so I'm wondering, what is the, how do we truly know that we're separating ourselves away from identification and moving over fully into observation? First of all, we take ourselves away from the uh, the effect of our actions. In other words, we we get out of the practice of saying, what will this bring me if I act this way, if I present myself this way? Because we're looking out and measuring through the um, from what we believe others are going to react or not react. In other words, the person who attracts their best life and has what they desire for living 
all of the life that they're capable of living. That is somebody that is living and developing their life according to their highest viewpoints and their imaginations. They're working in their journal. Mm-hmm. And they're constructing their articles of faith. They're saying, here's who I am. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what stirs my soul. This is what makes me cry. This is what I, where I want to make a difference with my life. Because look, no person who has um, not attracted at whatever point in life you are, something that you really care about, something that moves you, like we're talking about, if you've not done that yet, you still have not reached the the beginning of the pinnacle of living your best life. There's still something out there. If you can imagine it, you're supposed to have it. That's the way that the Creator set all of this up. A desire is not there for no reason. You have a desire because that is something you're supposed to be reaching toward. It's something that you have all of the ability that will ever be necessary for you to attract in your life and see it manifest into the empirical form. As I'm visualizing the process that you just walked us through, I'm finding myself wondering, uh, I know that it's it's obviously a human tendency as you as you walk and go through life and you and you see people, you have we can have this tendency to want to put them in a box and want to even place identification on other people. And so I'm wondering if I'm doing that as I go throughout my day, if I am labeling other people, do I even does that affect my chances of not labeling myself? Labeling other people is just another uh, word for judging, judging people and and determining and measuring what you think they are or are not, rather than unconditionally accepting other people for where they are, who they are, and what they're Mm -hmm. representing. But look, Meg, life has advanced so far to, you know, here we are with 2021, already talking about 2022. Oh, I saw something crazy the other day. Somebody just made the point. They said, you know, a kid born in uh, 2020 will be 80 in the year 3000. 80 in the year 3000. But that's not accurate. Well, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it had thank a lot you of com- for that tidbit. <laughs> it yeah, had a lot of awesome. comments <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you might want to redo <laughs> the math on no, this. I'm, I'm scratching my head. Thank here. you, Twitter. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I wonder what we'll call the generation. I'm I'm over the letters. I want something fresh. Like they should be star children, not X or Y or Z. That's that's pretty cool. Star child. The star, yeah. the children from the stars. But you know, regardless of what we'll call the generation, and here we all are in 2021 having this conversation, and it's because life life has advanced so far and become so complex that even the most average person now requires that they manifest these um, higher viewpoints Mm -hmm. and transcend the ego to begin believing and adhering to and relying upon the essence of who they were created to be so that they can be an expression of the the person they were created to be in this journey of um, awareness and presenting even them. Here's something. Here's something. You, me— uh, the listener, you guys out there living your best life and putting a demand on these things showing up in your life, you actually, part of our purpose, I need to write this down, is to be a curiosity for others. Mm-hmm. That people will find you so unique, so different, so weird, <laughs> so odd, so peculiar that you're a curiosity to delight in, that people will want to observe you 
non-judgmentally in the negative way, but to observe you like walking through a gallery and seeing your essence, seeing your diverse self, your one-of-a-kind, beautiful self. And so your curiosity, and that becomes the purpose of my genius, is to delight in intellectually. Wow. Through the curiosity of what makes you so weird. I think it's so interesting <laughs> that what that everything that you're saying today keeps coming full circle to not just be about us, but this is really taking us back. And I feel like you're leading us back into the in, to be reminded of the higher consciousness, the one consciousness that we're all a part of. So, you know, as we work on ourselves, being uh, observing and not identifying with labels, I love that we're doing this as a whole and that it's we're affecting others and vice versa. And it's it's all interconnected. This is very cool. It's all interconnected, and everything is the proof of what we're talking about, Meg. You have higher education. You've got people that are doing anything that they can to improve themselves. They go to the gym. They try to eat better. We try to have better relationships. Everyone is tr- – is, there is uh, an unction that is saying, be better, become better, mind your manners, work on that first impression – Get a better education, get a better job, make more money. What is all of this? This is the inclination for life, to pursue more life, to expand, to become more. It's built within the human being to desire all of these things. Everybody has this construction of of an element within us, and it's biological as well as spiritual to want to develop and to grow. It is the natural inclination for the desire for growth to become for us to become all that we're mm-hmm. capable of becoming and the proof is in the world around us we are living in the most remarkable time in the history of this planet where enlightenment has grabbed everybody the planet is being transformed and it's part of the evolutionary process of this spiritual being within the natural being all of us having the same kind of experience and it is drawing us. It's pushing us. There is an inclination to become more that no one can deny. Mm-hmm. Now, where you go to the to the uh, well to, to drink from this uh, essence of life, that is up for grabs. But what I am telling you, what we talk about every day in this podcast, is that it is the power, the quantum physical power, and the faith, the power of faith, the power of belief, of uh, Philosophies have pointed to this from the beginning of time, that kinetic belief, the energetics of a belief that is immovable, that's not double-minded, that you are adhering to and relying upon, that is the rocket fuel that that creates the life that we're talking about and expands you to become more because it is up still, it's still up to the individual to pursue these things. This enlightenment, that this desire for enlightenment that's permeating society right now, as you're describing, is it because you mentioned evolution? Is it because of just a pure spiritual evolution? Or do you believe that it's also because of technological advancements that have, you know, even given us the time and headspace to even consider these things, obviously, not needing to, you know, plow a field from sunup to sundown and then crash into our beds at night and (laughs) having all of these amenities and and advancements? Is that does that affect this? Absolutely. The techn- technological ability that we have now on the collective, on the worldwide uh, playing field of consciousness is has just reached the point where the 
population is great enough. There's 7 billion people on the planet. <clears throat> and we're close to everybody having the same intellectual uh, level of consciousness, of expectation, thinking alike, exp- and with the same desires and the same kind of imagination, which is the very thing that is pushing that evolutionary process of enlightenment to transcend the ego state where the world is changing. Governments are changing. The collective is changing. Expectations are changing. And the individual is ultimately what will be celebrated on this planet. Mm -hmm. And that is the thing, the diversity of who we are. None of us just alike. That's the thing that makes us alike that is going to lead us into the next level of consciousness. Is this also widening the gap between those who have chosen enlightenment and those who have, uh, maybe I guess you could say, woken up and those who have not? Widening the gap between those that are still asleep and still and those that are awakened. And what particular well, part of that? Well, I'm just curious. So if, if this additional time that, and this additional awareness that these this evolution and these technological advancements have given us, is if that's allowing us to be... Uh, more focused on higher self, more focused on enlightenment, does that also mean it goes in the opposite direction and that it's causing people to sink deeper into depression, deeper into anxiety, because the extra time is given to everyone? There's only an appearance that they're going deeper. What's actually happening is that people transcend. As you transcend as a kinetic believer with an ability to, and, and you know, on purpose— Manifest, on purpose, attract, on purpose, change circumstances before you even arrive. And you're doing these things without putting your hands to it. That process of transcending will make it appear as though other people are digressing when actually they're still in the same same state of consciousness. It's like a rocket leaving the planet. You know, Earth is not going in a different direction. Necessarily, the rocket is leaving, and so there there certainly is that separation. However, through the um, through that evolutionary process of transcending, Mm -hmm. just by those who let's say you know haven't haven't caught a ride on the rocket yet, (laughs) just by being in this realm, the transformation occurring in this realm. And the observation of the rocket leaving the planet, that changes things. It's cause and effect. It's like the butterfly effect that we've talked about so many times. Um, Everything changes. Mm. You cannot do one thing without the world feeling the effect of it. Is that connected to being a curiosity like you were just talking about? Awareness. Yeah. yeah. Awareness, your curiosity, the the example that's being set, whether someone pursues it day one or not, you're still affecting change. The, the, as, as one goes, we all go. What a powerful purpose and mandate you're really giving us right now to go out into the world every day and be an example of, of the contradiction, you know, to be an example of a different way to live to people and, and how we dress, how we speak, how we're walking through life. This is, uh, well, it's kind of, it makes it more exciting, doesn't it, <laughs> to leave the house every day. Yeah, that's right. And it goes back to, you know, if you want to change the neighbor, change yourself. If you want to change the neighborhood, <laughs> change yourself. Yeah. You want to change the city or the country that you live in, you change yourself. Because regardless of where you may reside in the entire world, and especially in, in this age of you know, technology like we're talking about, the, the postmodernism uh, uh, world that we're in now, we see rich and poor 
enlightened and not enlightened, educated and the not educated, that living side by side. And they are there in the same environment. And so often they are, they could even be engaged in the same line of work. Maybe they're identifying, you've got, you know, a town of milk farmers. But some of them are enlightened. Some may be wealthy and others at a different place. It doesn't matter. You make the most of yourself only by agreeing with the identity of whom you were created to be, to enjoy, to use, to experience, and to have, and refuse to allow anyone to re-identify you with a negative and to call you names, to bully you around, to tell you that you're less than you, less than anything, less than something is a negative. And so, You cast down that imagination. How do you do that? You do it as an observer saying, that's not who I am. And go back to your journal to see exactly who you are. I love that you just took us back to the journal because that keeps popping into my mind through this entire podcast that, you know, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make sure that I'm being an observer, that I'm, I am, I only identifying with my true self and that's it. It's the journal. That's, you know, the word, you always call it a blueprint and that really is the perfect word for it because you have to, you know, I grew up around construction projects. My father and my grandfather, they were building houses nonstop and, those blueprints were always there. They're always out on the table and they better be, or that's going to be one, you know, janky looking house. if You don't have a a place to go. So a reference point. And that's exactly what our journal is. We're calling things out of the archetypal uh, substance of things that are hoped for simply by journaling. Isn't that amazing? Yes. The substance of all things blueprinted as we should desire. It contains the blueprint. We don't have to call the hardware store and say, I need to place an order because I've got a blueprint here. Now, this is this is remarkable if you think about it. Yeah. You create the blueprint. And within that blueprint, in your imagination and desire and your gratitude for what you're blueprinting, what you're believing about yourself, and the words that you're going to speak, the language that you're learning, and the action, your willingness to show up somewhere, that's the, the energetics behind your kinetic energy that's going to attract the substance you need to build that house like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it comes out of the universe. All things that are seen come from what cannot be seen. That is science. <laughs> that's quantum mechanics. And this is what makes things work for you. And this is what manifests the life that you're experiencing now and the life that you're going to experience in the future, but it will not take things away from someone else when you do it this way. You're not going to bring someone else sorrow. You're not taking an opportunity from someone else when you're creating from what cannot be seen. And this is, this is the uh, creative assignment that comes directly out of the expanding universe that we're all part of. You know, Meg, when we identify like we're talking about with winning and losing, taking from somebody else in competition, whatever it is, from other human beings. We're actually putting ourselves in a position of abusing the dominion that we were created with. And what happens is you become a manipulator. Mm. And you're manipulating people and things by meddling to take or to construct uh, your even your persona. I'm going to control what people think of me. You know something? What people think of me is none of my business. It shouldn't be any of your business. Right. If you're a cabie, 
enforcing the the power, creative power of kinetic belief to work in your life, to uh, get rid of uh, the first thing you got to do is just get rid of the thought of competing with anybody else and be inspired by them, appreciate them and unconditionally love who they are, where they are with what they're doing, their talents. But use all of that to advance your skills, to delight in the observation of what you're putting your hands to. Because as you pursue your curiosities in this way, you begin creating and attracting great health and wealth and abundance because you're not competing for what is already created. It's so important to be aware of of this, to, to hang on to this awareness that abundance is not a limited commodity because we're we're all so trained up in the idea that you know gold has a cap on it or mm-hmm. well i guess bitcoin will eventually but all of the commodities that the world that people say are valuable they they have there's only so much and there's only so much to go mm-hmm. around and so changing our thinking and you're really helping us today you're helping us reframe our thinking on abundance and source and where it's coming from and and obviously money, but everything else that goes along with that. Sure, because you know something, it, when you're in the world and you're living by those empirical forms, it's uh, the per- person says, I have, therefore I am. Mm. And the more I have, the more I am. And that's how the ego thrives. That's what grows it and makes it become more. And it's through those kind of comparisons yeah. and you know, uh, measuring uh, by uh, if I've got more measurement than you, then I'm I'm bigger and better than you. Yeah. Um, how, how you are seen by other people turns into how you see yourself, and so you set yourself up. And if you start hearing that you know other people think that you are not all that <laughs> or a bag <laughs> of chips, then my goodness, you have set yourself up for destruction. If everybody. If everybody had a um, a hat like you've got hanging over there on the wall, which looks just beautiful on you, and it's a, a desert kind of hat, if everybody had one like that, then your hat would no longer serve to enhance your sense of self if that's how you identify. That's where I'm getting it. Yeah. Where you, your hat. And don't think that there wasn't a time in my life where my sense of self was not tied up in a hat. <laughs> Is it a bag of chips? <laughs> no. That happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> you should have seen that hat, though. <laughs> right. Well, it's a great hat. But now you, and right. so you, you could put on uh, some ear warmers and uh, get rid of the hat. And then you would, if that were the case, you would then regain some sense of identity by seeing yourself and, and being seen as more enlightened than other people because while they're wearing the desert hat, you've got on ear warmers. Well, and you, right, and you, you using the word manipulation really hit me hard on this topic because manipulation, I think we use it as a large word, a big word, and it's important to understand what you're telling us, the nuance of this, that when you put on that hat with the motivation of trying to get someone else to think something about you you're participating in manipulation and i mean you're shooting yourself in the foot before you've even begun you put the hat on because you like the hat it you like the color of the hat the hat's functional for you and you're enjoying wearing the hat and so your motivation becomes different now and so how you are seen by other people uh, is no longer the mirror that's telling you what you are like and who you are. 
it's amazing how many books and blogs and things that you can read and consume. It's amazing how many things like that are out there where it's telling you how to talk, how to dress, how to act, mm-hmm. to sell something, to get someone to like you, mm-hmm. how to make a friend. And, you know, I like that you're getting rid of all that. You're sweeping all of that mess out of the way and you're bringing us back to authenticity, uh, even even understanding what it is in the first place. What do you like? What brings you what brings you a sense of fulfillment and how are you expressing yourself, not through the eyes of others, but through your own eyes? Because if you if you get your sense of identity this way, like you're talking about, then this changes how you perceive yourself as being seen and you lose your sense of identity, your sense of authenticity. You lose your truth. You lose your genius of purpose as soon as you re-identify yourself according to the dictates and the structures that other people are 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 giving you. If you get you if you get anything this way, happiness, a sense of being loved or not, and from how others see you or don't see you or you think that they see you, then you will become. The ultimate place, this always leads to a sense of self-deprecation or depression, anxiety. And the lower nature of human consciousness produces a self-worth in in a lot of cases, which just binds a person up with their sense of value that they're just solely getting through the eyes of other people. And you know something, actually, in Western society, um, and I don't mean just here in Colorado, just... Western society. Most people need other people to give them a sense of of identity. And that's why so many people are terrified at the thought of going off somewhere by themselves. Well, I wouldn't know what to do with me. I wouldn't know who I am. And if you live in a culture that to a, a large extent equates itself this way and gets its value with maybe how much wealth you have, in, in this collective delusional state of being, it will condemn you to chasing after things in life for the rest of your life in, in this, this delusional hope of discovering identity, of, of this personification that's not authentic, it's not genuine, it's not real, just for advancing to complete some kind of sense of self-worth. But here we are in this world that we're talking about, which is an egoist sense of being. It will never be enough. It will always leave you feeling vacant and hungry and, and not satisfied. Looking without rather than within for value leads to failure, leads to depression. It leads to poverty. Looking within, however, for what already is, that is the thing that manifests the abundant life. One of my favorite things that you are always telling us and reminding us of is that we are we aren't we don't have a life, we are life and therefore we cannot lose it. And that's and I feel like I'm peace I'm understanding that you're telling us now that we we have to, we must identify with things that are forever, that are eternal, that we can't possibly lose. Because uh, otherwise, our identity is going to be flipped on its head every other day because we have something, we've lost it, we've had mm-hmm. something, we lost it, we're mm-hmm. up and down. So I- I'm wondering, how do, we, how do we find these things? How do we make sure that we're only attaching ourselves, only identifying with things that aren't going to go away, that aren't going to change? Well, this is those the labels again, isn't it? This is good, this is bad. This is right, this is wrong. <laughs> you, this is better, this is worse. And we are all connected by source. 
And this explains how you can, you can just absolutely know it in your knower when something is wrong or when something is right according to the wisdom of what is best for you, for your abundant life. And it's something that all of us share uh, energetically with. It's with it, we're all connected this way. And it's through the synchronicity of this connection that we begin to understand how, well, like in quantum mechanics, entanglement works. And so when you imagine things as like you're talking about, that you desire them to be with the right motivation because it's you delight in your curiosity and you can tell that's an extension of you growing and developing the vacuum that you replace that you're filling up with these uh, identity acknowledgments uh, begin to fill you up with more imagination with more desire and you begin attracting more because you're increasing in the awareness of self that way and so it's by holding on meg through the journaling practice and through meditating in your quiet space that you've organized just like you want it that you hold these highest thought forms, which are the archetypes of what you are going to see in your life if you continue on the practice of kinetic belief. It's going to show up and for wealth, for health, whatever it is that you are imagining to possess this way. Your attachment to the things that you're imagining to possess are literally... They are going to melt away the stuff in your life that does not harmonize with what you're imagining to see and you know this becomes your reality i love that you just combined holding highest thought forms with journaling because it hit me that when we're going through this process the the journal becomes really the safe space the only place that these ideas these concepts this that your your true highest self is is even allowed to exist because I know before kinetic belief, you realize that everything you want is just something you saw. Well, I saw that walking down the street. Well, that's the car my neighbor has. That looked cool. I mean, nothing is original. Nothing is truly you. And so the, seeing the journal as it's not just a journal. It is, it's a haven. It's a safe harbor for your true identity, for the true self, to know yourself, and then, therefore, to even know what the heck you even want out of life. Right. And so the neighbor's car the neighbor's car takes on a different a different meaning to you. It's not something you identify with. You know, you don't buy the car to sit in it and drive down Main Street waving everybody saying, how do you like me now? <laughs> Wrong motivation. The car that you see that you appreciate, it becomes something that you want to experience. Yeah. You're curious about it. You want to delight in it, in your intellect to delight in it. That's the correct motivation that will attract the form of that in your life. The things that we're talking about here, the ontological, metaphysical expectation for these things becomes your reality when you're willing to stand forever with the right motivation, because then you're never going to have to stand for long. In the meantime, just be aware of your attachment to things that you're identifying with. Sometimes you may not know that you're even identifying with something, which is to say, you know, until you lose it and there's some kind of threat of uh, who you thought you were. I mean, imagine that. Take that car away that you were. You said, how do you like me now? Well, who are you now without the vehicle? Who are you without the uniform? Or 
you know, in the case where you get rid of these things and, oh my goodness, the lifestyle of being on a journey where you're not identifying with the, the anchor that's keeping you in one place. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, gypsies, mm-hmm. a gypsy mentality, the journeyman mentality. And I don't mean necessarily in mileage that you're traveling, but being open to change, to diversity, because curious, curious for what what is beyond the next reach, what is beyond the next plateau. Mm. You want to go there and see. Everything that you've said today, it's given me such a strong sensation that understanding identity in this way, it sort of sets it up here at the top. And then all things as a kinetic believer flow down from that, almost as if, hey, if we can get this one thing right, we're going to intrinsically fix and achieve so many other things in our life. Is that is that accurate? Connected to source, absolutely. Connected to the one thing that is responsible for the genius of your diversity. Because this is the beginning of the transformation of your human consciousness to all universal consciousness, where we operate in final creative authority, calling things that cannot be seen into this reality from where things cannot yet be seen. Mm. You know, I just I, I just get so excited over these, this topic because, <laughs> you know, we love people and we want everybody to do so well. You're, that's why you're here, not to fail, not to suffer, not to be sick, not to be in lack. That's, that is not the design or the purpose of any of this. It's a choice. You can certainly experience it if you, if you choose that, or perhaps because you don't know better. Either way, it's still a choice. Abundance and success is the holistic way of life for the person that has that positive attitude for all things being good. Because each one of us is fully furnished intrinsically. It's the stuff you're made of. It's the universal DNA of of the abundant life. To be able to enjoy whatever experiences that you put your hands to. I want you to do well. (laughs) It may be a selfish selfish reason that I have, but I want to see it. (laughs) I want to hear about it. I want to applaud your parade as you go by. I want to see more of the Creator through every single person, don't you? Yes. Isn't that what we're here to do? Is to celebrate and champion each other. And it is easy. What's not easy is when you begin reasoning with wanting to do the wrong thing. Well, what would you tell somebody else to do? That could be such a revealing question. Let's work, let's work on some highest viewpoints. Yes. Just say this out loud. Say, I am, therefore I am. I am, therefore I am. I am the essence of love. I'm the essence of love. I am success. I am success. I am life. I am life. I am happiness. I am happiness. I am joy. I am joy. Therefore I'm strengthened. Therefore I am strengthened. I am whatever I choose to be. I am whatever I choose to be. In the experiences that I'm curious about. In the experiences that I'm curious about. And therefore. And therefore. I am living. I am living. My best life. My best life. I'm wondering, Steve, as we all go into the weekend, what is something just hyper practical that we can do as we meet people and have new experiences that will keep us heightened in this awareness of our our true identity? Celebrate others wherever you go. Think of, think of a way to celebrate the server at the restaurant. 
Thank them for what they're doing. Let them know how special they are. Celebrate and champion whomever you come in contact with today, the strangers at the grocery store. And then, by all means, wherever you are in the world this weekend, go on a picnic. (laughs) And go on a picnic. (laughs) We talked about the germ quite a bit today, and we actually just got a fresh, new, beautiful shipment of these in. So if you go on the website, stephenkenny.com, and you order one today, they ship within 24 hours, which is super exciting. So get your third, your fourth, your fifth journal, whatever it may be. The 100-Day Guided Journal (laughs) is life-changing, sending out much light and love to all the KB creatives all around the world. And thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.